as Michael says, my name is Nathaniel. Um, if you've not met me before, um, I've lived in Love for the last eight and a half years or so, um, since I arrived as a student, and then now I'm here working um, for Open Heaven two days a week as our digital engagement lead, and I also work for Church Street, which is like a Christian tech company. Faith has been something that um, I have been around all of my life, personally, um, and that might be something, a story that you guys are familiar with, it might be something that faith is a new concept to you, but for me, faith was something that um, I was sort of almost born into in a way, because my family were Christian, so I always had that kind of like influence from my parents, from Nick and Karen, um, a particular shout out to my mum, Karen. She's just moved to Norway for a gap year at the age of 60. So that's a step of faith. Um, she's great. Um, but so yeah, that was always around. So I always had this idea of God and what faith was. And I think that's my sort of uh, first point I want to draw out that, that faith is two parts. First is knowing God. Uh, and that's obviously um, like a key part of Christianity to know God and what he's like, like what he does, what he promises us. I think leaning into his promises is something that is really important with faith. For example, that he loves you no matter what, that he comes to reconcile you, to forgive you, to set you free from the chains we spoke of like that in the words, um, in the worship just then. He won't abandon you. And ultimately, he's got a plan for your life, um, for however it turns out that he'll use it for his glory um, from that. And yeah, I say that because that's one part of faith, is knowing God. But actually, for me growing up, my faith was something that was more based in what my family did. I didn't really know God for myself. Um, and I think that's where the sort of the, the kicker part of faith comes in. It's not just a tick box exercise to know God. You can learn about how to cook a certain recipe or you can learn to um, synthesize a certain material. I don't know anything about synthesizing materials, but you might learn to do that. And it's, it's all good and well-being and stuff, but um, it's not as good as like actually knowing the thing, like feeling it and seeing it work out from your life. Um, I've slightly gone off script, so now I've lost myself. But the, what I'm getting at, really, is that faith as a personal thing, um, it's what gives it life. If it's just where it's God and learning, it's a tick box exercise. It's like it's not actually... Um, I've really lost my space now, haven't I? Let's go back to my notes. Um, sorry about this, guys. Yeah, yeah. there's no like life in it. There's no vigor in it. It doesn't really mean anything to just know God, um, to know of God, but to know him personally in your own life. That's where the kind of real fruit comes from it afterwards. When you appreciate that God, the creator of the universe, spent time and energy designing you, creating you in a wonderful way, and that he wants a personal relationship with you, this gives you the full picture of what faith means. It's for our own eyes. It's personal to us. That's why we've got four of us sharing different things today. You'll have people sharing their own stories about how faith has impacted their lives. It's going to be different from each one of those. So faith is getting to know God and getting to know yourself is what I wanted to draw out there. And that's where it gives us the confidence and the assurance that we read about in Jan Daniel chapter 3, where there's three guys, Meshach, uh, Shadrach and Abednego, um, and they face the prospect of a fiery death um, at the hands of King Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, not Ebi, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and they, say, they can still say this to him, we believe God is able to save us, and we believe he will save us, but even if he doesn't, we still believe that he is good. And so for me then, and how that kind of works for me, um, my faith is something that helps me uh, trust God and seek out his will in the everyday decisions that I make. 
Uh, I make decisions in faith about uh, other things like my work, day-to-day conversations, what I'm going to do with my money. Having faith rooted in God means I ask his Holy Spirit's wisdom in any given moment. So a couple stories of how faith has been something that has uh, been explored in my life. Um, a significant step of faith for me was making the decision to stay in Loughborough in the first place. So I mentioned I was a student here for three years. I, I came because like uni was the done thing in the school that I went to, and I was good at maths. So I was like, yeah, let's do maths, and Loughborough has sports field, so let's go to Loughborough because I love sport. Um, but it wasn't really a game plan after that. Um, and so getting into my final year and trying to think, like, what do I do next? I was at a real, like, crossroads of what do I do? Do I go back home and work for my dad and his gardening business, which is great. No offense, dad, but I'm not a gardener. So I didn't want to do that. Um, maths and teaching hadn't quite appealed to me as it used to. Um, so I decided in my faith that I needed to lay that down before God. Sorry, Emma, we've got a shaking head from a maths teacher over there. Maths teaching is great. I'm not saying it's b- bad. It's just for me, not me. Sorry. So I laid it down in front of God of like, what do you want me to do here? And I got like this, just this simple line of like, give a year back to the town that has sown so much into you. Because it's where I, my faith was built here, really. I mentioned before, faith before uni was a family thing, but faith when I got here, when I got into open heaven, it became this personal decision um, that I made. Um, on my first weekend away, um, I was filled with the Holy Spirit for the, like, one of the first times, and I just had that personal revelation of this is what God's uh, touch and love in my life meant to me. So yeah, I, I, I just was like, okay, you want me to stay for a year? Let's go for it. What does that mean? I had no plans. I didn't have like a job. I didn't have a place to go. Um, so I prayed about that and I asked about that. And within a few days of weeks even, um, I had a job lined up with, um, uh, local, well, with Fusion over the summer uh, for a few months. And I had an accommodation with a lovely OH2 family. And I also got on a discipleship year called Ignite, which we have run in the past, may come back at some point. Um, COVID's been a thing, hasn't it? So that's not run. But all those things came out of the decision of let's give my time to God and see what he does with that. Um, so that was one thing. And the other thing that kind of links into that is I've always had faith with God about um, what he wants to do with my time and my work. Um, I've always been able to give that to him and see what do you want to do with that beyond there. Um, and I can honestly say that like the decision to give my, use my faith to allow God to shape my career path, my direction has never let me down. Uh, it, it's not like a bragging thing, but I haven't yet managed to uh, not get a job that I went for, which is a lovely thing to say, um, and I don't mean to brag, but like, I, I've, and I'm not saying there is a right way to go about getting a job, but for me, being able to just give my heart openly to God and ask, what do you want to do with my time and energy, has just been able to direct that. Even in like this current job I'm doing, digital engagement lead, at times it's felt like it's been the wrong decision to make, um, but ultimately we're now seeing the fruit come from that with people coming in person when they join us online first which is amazing so those are a few stories of mine that I've had of faith acting my life so yeah I'd like to invite up Hope now. Hello so I'm Hope um I've been a part of Open Heaven for the past five years and a little fun fact is my whole five years here I've never actually been to university um and this is going to be talking about why but I want you to not take from it that you've done the wrong thing by going to university because actually God calls us to completely different things. And for me, it wasn't university, but for so many of you in the room, it would have been university and he's got great things ahead of you. Um, Yeah, so when thinking about what to share today, the sentence that came to mind was living by sight is easier, but living by faith is more fulfilling. This has 100% been the case for me. It would have been so much easier 
for me to take the option of going to university, take my offer at Winchester University and go and study English and education. It would have fit into society's standards. It would have made sense to everyone else around me. But living by God's standards instead of society has brought me far more fulfillment and has guided me closer to my call than I could have ever been in Winchester. If I'm honest, I probably would have dropped out by now. As I said, I've been here for five years. I started when I was 16. I grew up around lots of people living great university life and wanting exactly that. But if I'd have gone to university, the reality is 75% of it would have been within a pandemic. It would have looked very different. In January 2020, I was as clueless as the rest of you that life was about to change, but I felt a nudge from God telling me he had other plans for me, that I should cancel my deferred place at university and trust him. And to the world standard, this made no sense at all. And although none of them said it at the time, I probably confused a lot of my non-Christian friends. I had no other course to go to, no other job to go into, but I decided to take the leap of faith. I knew I wanted to go into speech and language therapy eventually, but I didn't have the grades to go and do that straight up at university. So I would have had to do a master's after my undergraduate degree. And that would have been a lot for me that I don't think I would have been able to cope with. I let my faith guide me and I trusted that God knew what he was doing. And the same scenario of being a teaching assistant kept coming into my head every time I prayed about it. So I trusted God with that and I decided I was gonna apply for teaching assistant jobs which got me in the job that I absolutely love now. But God's provision didn't stop there. My first day working at Mapplewell, my colleague came up to me and gave me the news that I'd be working with a girl with selective mutism. I panicked. How on earth are you supposed to teach English, maths, and science to someone who doesn't talk back to you at all? I had no idea how I was supposed to do that. But once again, God knew way more than I did and managed to build a strong relationship between me and her. I'm not really sure how, but I think I probably just acted like a bit of a fool in front of her till I made her laugh, and that meant that she drew closer to me. But that relationship then meant that she trusted me, she was less anxious around me. So when it came to her doing things like speech and language therapy, I was asked to sit in on the sessions. I was asked to take part because she was more at ease when I was there with her. This meant I got to know the speech and language therapist really well. I got to tell her about my passion for speech and language therapy, resulting in gaining more experience, which I'm now starting to see the fruit of as I'm looking to head into speech and language therapy. Everything I've just told you wouldn't have, would have been not possible without God or my faith. Yes, I'd had to do a lot of trusting, and yes, there was a lot of blind spots where I didn't know where I was going. But I think it's so easy to focus on what we know and what we feel like is, not, is the only possible way. But actually, the reality is God sees our future and knows what is best for us before we know ourselves. Reality is we have a God who knows our potential. And when we trust him, he can make the impossible possible. It just might not be the way we originally pictured it. When I canceled my place at Winchester University, I didn't know that I'd get the opportunity to work speech language therapy. I didn't know I'd be going into a class with a girl with selective mutism. But I let my faith shape my decision as I know, God knows way more than I do. For we live by faith, not by sight. These are famous, timeless, and inspired words. But what do they mean? What does it look like for us to live by faith, not by sight? Well, if we turn to scripture, Hebrew 11 tells us what faith is. The assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. 
But it also shows us what faith in God looks like in practice by retelling the story of the early fathers of the faith. Picking out just a couple of these stories, we hear about Noah in verse 7. It says, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for saving of his household. God speaks to Noah about a flood, which obviously Noah has no idea is coming his way. Yet Noah served God obediently by building the ark nonetheless. And as a result of Noah's obedience and God's promise and provision, Noah and his family are saved from the flood. Following on, we're told about how Abraham was called to go out despite not knowing where he was going, obeying God's call, trusting his provision, and looking forward to dwelling in the city that God had made for him, even though he had no clue where it would be or what it would be like. And through Abraham and his obedience, God provided descendants to him, priests, prophets, judges, kings who would save Israel, and then ultimately the descendants lead to Jesus, God in flesh to save the whole world. Time and time again, we see God's followers practicing faith by hearing God's word, obeying his instruction, trusting that he will fulfill what he has promised despite any worldly doubt, and God proves himself faithful. But what does this mean for us? Well, it, it may feel like it's not fair. It's easy to think, ah, oh, back in those days, God like actually spoke to people. They could hear his voice. But now maybe it doesn't quite feel the same for us. Um, but this isn't the case. By the Holy Spirit, we can access God with confidence in a way which the heroes of the Old Testament simply could have only dreamt of. God still speaks today, and that's a game changer for us. From my perspective, God speaks powerfully when I open up his word. When I read it, study it, reflect on it, memorize it, when I fully immerse myself in it, choosing to be guided more by the eternal truths of God in scripture than whatever the world's trying to tell me in that current moment. Also, prayer is enormously powerful for me as I can set my mind on our Father and see him more clearly, worshiping him for who he is and longing to fulfill his desires out of my love for him. When spending time searching for God, faith seems to pour out far easier for me. Now, this can be in big acts of evangelism or, or healing or searching for provision from God in a time of need. But I find this much more common, commonly and really importantly can be found in small acts of obedience to God and integrity to our faith. Choosing to tell the truth when it's far easier to tell the lie. Choosing to forgive someone when they don't even think they've done anything wrong or choosing to pray in a situation which seems absolutely hopeless. These acts of obedience, when we could so easily disobey without getting caught by anyone, are well and truly faith being lived out, trusting that God knows what he's doing and following what he's instructed us to do, even if we can't fully comprehend or understand why. Now, this doesn't mean that obedience is instantly easy if you get your daily Bible verse in and have a quick prayer. God knows I myself has fallen short many, many times and taken the easy way out many, many times. But coming back to him, coming back to seeking and knowing God's truth gives me the love for God, the confidence in God, and the strength from God to push towards obedience and integrity. So then, what does it look like to live a life by faith and not by sight? It looks like seeking God's call, hearing it, and following it with integrity, whilst trusting in the power and the love of him who called you. Hello, everyone. I'd hate a mic. 
My name's Ruth. Um, I've been in Loughborough for eight and a half years. We started at the same time. What a year. And I have stuck around. I'm now a Loughborough local. It's a great life, guys. It's a great life. Stick around. So yeah, talking about lifestyle, we've had some really great kind of talks over the last few weeks, definitions of faith, faith with hope, faith as defiance, faith in beyond circumstances, and faith as confidence. We've had some rock-solid insight into this faith thing, as Nathan just said, the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. And today we're looking at faith as a lifestyle, which is great for me because part of the brief was about action. And I'm not very good with words, but I'm much better with action. So let's go with that. I work in the NHS. I uh, work in Birmingham, in Birmingham hospitals, as a cardiac scientist. And Birmingham is a very diverse place. It's full of people from every different culture, religion, country. Um, and I have this little cross which I always wear, and it's actually prompted loads of questions from both staff and patients asking, so are you religious then? Um, and my normal response to this tends to be, I wouldn't consider myself religious, but I do have a faith. A faith which is beyond the title or a set of rules or a societal faction, a bit of like somewhere that people fit within. It's a part of my very being, my everyday life, my thinking, and... Sorry, um, and this led me to think about the song, The Creed, from Hillsong, and those three simple statements of, I believe in God the Father, I believe in Christ the Son, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. So I looked up the definition of the, the name, the creed, um, and it's really aptly named because a creed came back as a set of beliefs or aims which guide someone's actions. So my faith, my beliefs help guide my actions. And I think you guys probably all probably agree with the statement of faith should probably impact every decision and action. Um, however, I think this is something I've only started to live and understand properly with the sacrifices to my own convenience, ease and will that happen every day when trying to live out this faith in my actions. It wasn't until I became really concerned for the environmental state of this world um, and the people in it that I realized just how intricately each of my own decisions and actions affected my impact on the world and those people in it. And more importantly, some of the most vulnerable people in it. Um, so what I eat, how it's grown, the distance it's traveled, what it's packaged in, what clothes I wear, where these clothes come from, who's made these clothes, how I bank, how I invest, how I travel, all of these things have a massive impact on the world. Um, so each one of these decisions impact something more than I know, and if every decision and action I make in life has an impact, and I have this faith, this creed, these beliefs, which guide my actions, then my actions have an impact. My faith has an impact. In James, it says, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is dead. That's James 2.17. It's a great chapter about practical action faith. Uh, so in acknowledging this, this creed, these beliefs, this faith needs to have actions or it's hollow, it's empty. So as I've already alluded to, climate justice is pretty important to me and it goes beyond that of global warming but to the socio-economic kind of interplay of exploiting people and planet. So my view of, of this created world which has been spoken into form and breathed into life by God who gave me a responsibility in forming me in his image to protect and subdue it impacts my thoughts, feelings, and decisions. The Hebrew word for subdue is kabash, which can have some really negative translations, including abuse, exploit, enslave. And I think that right now, I can see how these are impacting this world. We are subduing the world in this way. We are enslaving it, exploiting it, abusing it. 
And I think you can probably see that too. I really see it, I feel it, especially right now with the news with Russia, with Ukraine. But kibash can also mean something really positive. It can mean to tame the wild, to bring order out of chaos and harmony out of discord. And we need that right now. We need it, and I think that's what God put us in the garden for, to tame, to subdue in a positive way, to bring harmony out of discord. So I do think, I really try at least, to think about how my decisions and how my actions reflect the things that are important to me, the things that the Bible tell me are important. So when I was trying to prepare for this, I was uh, really challenged by this piece of scripture that I read, which sets the bar really high for practical faith, faith that is in pursuit of justice and for people of this world. It's quite long, so bear with me, but I think there's so much there that tells you about how you should be acting and listening, so just... Listen to it and see if there's any parts of that that you want to try in action. It's Isaiah 58, 6 to 12. Is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them. And do not turn, your wave away, from your, sorry, do not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will appear quickly. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and the satisfied, the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in the sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like the springs of those waters who never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. So my aim is to make my faith and actions look a bit like that feeding the hungry, breaking the yoke of oppression. Um, and that's kind of, for me, that's working with one thought, decision, attitude, action at a time. And there's a quote from one of my favorite podcasts, which says, everything you do as an individual is an act of leadership because it tells people around you what kind of a person you are and what you stand for. And it gives them permission to do something similar or react to it. Therefore, my faith and my actions give people around me the chance to see who I am and either ask questions about it or do something similar. So over the last week, this has included explaining my clothing choices, my eating habits, sharing conversations and buying food for homeless people. I've been up in Newcastle and there's a lot of homelessness in Newcastle. And that's not only trying to help them out, but also have really com good conversations with my course mates who are like, why are you doing this? Um, and if you want to talk to me about, I had loads of thoughts on, like, faith, practical stories. But if you want me to tell you those, you're going to have to come chat to me. Um, so, yeah, I think over the last weeks, it's been, so this talk changed quite a lot following this week's news. Um, and I think my faith in action right now, my lifestyle of faith, needs to be on my knees praying for Russia or in Ukraine um, and finding any practical action to help with that. So, yeah, this is all bringing actions to my faith and giving it a life.